This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Factor. Every week I pray, I get down on my knees and I pray that this will be the week that the name Elon Musk just naturally does not come up when discussing the tech news of the recent few days. And every week my prayers are ignored by an angry and vengeful God. Yes, what rational God would put us in a reality this like this? This is my curse. And it would be one thing if it was just, you know, Tesla and SpaceX news. Uh, those are companies. And they put out products. They do. But no, it's always just Elon news. And it, it just gets weirder and weirder with each passing story. There's his big, dumb Leroy Jenkins-esque plan to buy Twitter, which has totally blown up in his face. There's the reveal that he secretly fathered his eighth and ninth children with a random executive at one of his companies just weeks before secretly fathering his tenth child with Grimes. There's the allegation that he once exposed himself to a flight attendant and tried to pressure her into having sex with him by promising her a horse. Well, now the Wall Street Journal is reporting that the world's richest man has also found time to secretly bang the wife of the world's eighth richest man, Google co-founder Sergey Brin. It's a big club and you're not in it. And they're all fucking and sucking. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, here's some of that Wall Street Journal article. Elon Musk engaged in a brief affair last fall with the wife of Sergey Brin, prompting the Google co-founder to file for divorce earlier this year and ending the tech billionaire's long friendship, according to people familiar with the matter. Friendship with Elon. Ended. <laughs> Mr. Brin and Ms. Shanahan already were facing problems in their marriage in the fall of 2021, primarily because of COVID pandemic shutdowns and the care of their three-year-old daughter, according to people familiar with their relationship. The liaison with Mr. Musk took place in early December 2021, at the Art Basel event in Miami, those people said. Art Basel is a multi-day annual festival that draws wealthy attendees from around the world. At a party earlier this year, Mr. Musk dropped to one knee in front of Mr. Brin and apologized profusely for the transgression, begging for forgiveness, according to people with knowledge of the incident. Mr. Brin acknowledged the apology, but still isn't speaking regularly to Mr. Musk, those people said. There's other relevant details to this, though, like the extent to which Elon and Sergey were bros before this alleged affair. Back when Tesla was just getting started, Brin gave Musk half a million dollars to help him weather the 2008 financial crisis. And in more recent years, Musk regularly crashed at Brin's house in Silicon Valley. These guys weren't casual industry friends. It sounds like they were legitimate buds, at least until Elon saw an opening and banged Sergey's wife in Miami not long after breaking up with Grimes, allegedly. Uh, the journal also reports that Brin has also recently been selling off his investments in Musk's companies, which at this point go back more than a decade. And uh, selling at, uh, you know, in recent years, historically low levels, you think personal. someone wouldn't yeah. do that without uh, just cause. If he's selling right now, this, if this is personal. And I think we mentioned it before, but uh, this also adds fuel to the theory that Elon Musk is willing to get on his knees whenever he actually needs to get something done. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, Trump, Trump was like, he was ready to... He was ready to suck my dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like that guy from Fire Festival. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I'll do anything for this one. That does line up, because otherwise I would say, like, the least believable part of this is Elon uh, begging someone for forgiveness. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, after that Trump thing uh, a couple weeks ago, it does, there is a pattern there. Yeah. The man is willing to take a knee, but only for other, uh, you know, rich people. Rich powerful men. People less rich and powerful than him, of course, but, uh, But you know, still. Still part of the same general club. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, the whole thing's pretty wild, especially... The part about Elon dropping to one knee to beg Sergey Brin's forgiveness in the middle of a party. Like, what a spectacle. Yeah, uh, like, but, uh, also, <laughs> just the... I know Elon claims to be, like, uh, uh, not neurotypical or whatever. Yeah. Whatever terms that you'd like to use. But also, 
doing something like this uh, in a public space, specifically yeah. a party. If where you're Sergey Brin and you are mad at your ex-best friend Elon Musk for having sex with your wife mm-hmm. and you find yourself at the same party as Elon Musk, the last, the, last <laughs> the last thing you want is Elon Musk like, everybody, I have something I, got, I need to I, say. Got, I have something to <laughs> let everyone know about. I am Sir? so... Like, shut... Like, what... Who does that? Uh, yeah. So, you know who does that? Someone who actually wants the response that he is yeah, getting. It's pretty odd. Like, he... It seems like he wanted everyone at that party to know... I, yeah. I as some know. kind of power move. Because why would you... Why would any normal person do that? Yeah. And this is not a guy known for um, being apologetic about anything. No, it so, really seemed like he wanted to say to everyone at the party, hey, I fucked his wife. Yeah, I don't know if this even happened. Yeah, but uh, yeah <laughs> yes. of course, yeah. But yeah, I mean, considering everything else that Elon has gotten up to lately, I mean, nothing's unbelievable anymore. No. I don't know. It's, no. it's The man, he's th- he says he's very busy, and I, I do believe him. He's very busy getting into shenanigans. Yeah. He's always up to something. Always up to something. But yeah, nevertheless, Elon immediately came out and denied the whole thing on Twitter, saying, This is total BS. Sergey and I are friends, and we're at a party together last night. I've only seen Nicole twice in three years, both times with many other people around. Nothing romantic. Pure primal just lust. a weird way to describe <laughs> it anyway. But uh, yeah. he, he also sent the New York Post a photo that shows himself and Sergey Brin at what looks like a party, and he said that that photo was taken just two hours before, which, okay, okay, yeah, unless it's just an old photo that he pulled up and sent them. Anyway, meanwhile, Nicole Shanahan, Sergey Brin's wife, uh, her lawyer has issued a very stern statement, saying that the claims that she had an affair with Elon, they're not just outright lies; they're defamatory. Yeah, of course, if it is truly defamatory, where's the lawsuit? Where is the cease and desist? I mean, a newspaper like the Wall Street Journal is generally not in the business of getting itself sued over lies about extremely rich and public people. Yeah. Uh, and probably most interestingly, Sergey Brin himself hasn't come out and said anything about this in the three days since the article was published. Hmm. So while it's impossible to know whether or not this is true, it certainly could be. Um, also, yeah, the Wall Street Journal replied or sent a response and was just like, we stand by our reporting. Yeah. Like they didn't even say like anything that would let them indicate that something might be off. They're like, no, this is the story. I mean, yeah, like there are plenty of criticism you could level at Wall Street Journal and any mainstream like big newspaper, but generally speaking, they're they're not going to print just lies. There there are, an article like this goes through so many layers of like editorial, legal, and so many people have to sign off on this because they don't want to get fucking sued by the world's richest man. So, like, there has to be a pretty solid story there. Uh, Especially from the Wall Street Journal. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, why would they print that? But also, uh, just Musk's initial response to this with the self-deprecation just being like, like, here's the richest dude in the world who's trying to buy the very website he's posting on and is just, like, publicly like... I wish I was getting laid. (laughs) Sadly, my penis gets no attention from anyone. All those pregnancies, that was nothing more than a turkey baster. But yeah, here's something we do know for sure, uh, is that Elon Musk's simps continue to be extremely weird about him. Yeah. um, Yes. Very weird. Uh, So in response to Musk's tweet calling BS on the story, someone replied, Phew, glad to hear that. Keep your dick in your pants. They're out for your head. 
To which Musk replied, haven't even had sex in ages. Sigh. Less sigh. Yeah. <laughs> Less sigh. Which, it's really not something any normal person wants to know about the world's richest man. But Elon is not tweeting to an audience of normal people. No. There were, of course, all sorts of replies volunteering to break Elon's dry spell. But one in particular really, really stood out. Yeah. Uh, prepare to enter the mind of your average Musk simp. Mm -hmm. It's not pretty in there. So user at Banksy Maximo, a Tesla superfan based on his profile, uh, replied to Elon's tweet with, Bullshit, bro. I'm happily married with an amazing wife. Even she understands if I helped you out. She would even be proud of me. Even if I myself would feel like shit. Lol, that's like hell for me. But I would do it. Lol. Uh, so this is confusing. Is he offering up his wife or his own butt? Yeah, it's... it's I have a lot of questions. I would like him to clarify some of this. Uh, yeah, it seems like, like it's either like he would understand or he would willingly let Elon Musk into his bedroom or uh, he's like, I'm not gay, but I mean, it's Elon Musk we're talking about. Yeah. So another user at Broke Brain Bot jumped in to this conversation to get some much needed clarification on what exactly Banksy Maximo was saying up there, asking, are you offering to blow Elon Musk to help him out? Mm. To which Banksy Maximo replied, yes, I am. Is that a problem? Lol. Like, is this profoundly weird? Or are you all just a little too uptight? Maybe. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, clarification. I oh, think so he does want to suck Elon's dick. Yeah, maybe it's like, a, you know, a gateway into that. And he's just like... It's not it's not gay if it's with your, your favorite CEO. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, this blowjob could save humanity. <laughs> I mean... Babe, Who's can, to say? Babe, can I change my hall pass to Elon Musk? <laughs> okay. Yes, sure, whatever. <laughs> okay, sure. Broke Brain Bot came back with, well, the weird part is saying it would make you feel like shit. So the weirdness is putting Elon Musk's hypothetical happiness <laughs> above your own. I would fucking hate it, but I would do it. Yeah. For Elon. Uh-huh. Uh, Banksy Maximo replied, yes, I'm willing to do shitty things for a cause. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nature of sacrifice. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm crazy often because people are weird. All right. Finally, broke brain bot uh, ended the conversation with, I think a lot of people will do stuff for a cause, but Elon Musk getting off is not a cause. <laughs> I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and hope that by cause you mean share price. But still, the original tweet said it would make you feel bad. So I'm worried about you. Yeah. Um, In my mind, this is just two bots conserving, uh, uh, conversing with each these other. These are the bots Elon wants off this website. Yeah, it's literally Elon Musk, like zoom out and it's Elon Musk with, with two puppets <laughs> talking to himself and the other puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't been laid in years, lest I... I'd fuck you, Elon. Why, that would be weird. No, it wouldn't. I love Elon so much. Well, I think it's a little bit weird that you think that it would be bad to be gay. Well, I'm just saying I'd do for Elon. Oh, okay, whatever, dude. And then Elon comes. Yeah, that's how he gets off. He gets off by uh, pulling the strings on his bot network. Yeah, so just overall, just a very disturbing glimpse into the mind of one Elon Musk superfan. Uh, who's to say, you know, what this says about the wider audience? But Make love to it me, has Elon. implications. Please. But yeah, this guy offered publicly to give Elon Musk a blowjob despite being heterosexual and married and finding the whole idea of giving Musk a blowjob to be hellish, in his words. Having sexual relations with another man, it would make him feel like absolute shit. But that's just a small sacrifice to make for a greater cause. And that cause being uh, getting Elon off. Yes, the greater good. Anyway, not a cult. Why, uh, would, why would Elon need to go, you know, have an affair with 
uh, Google executive's wife when I am right here. Yeah. A walking, talking cum receptacle. Yeah, I do love the idea that uh, Elon Musk is so desperate to get laid. He'll fuck anyone. He will even literally, even <laughs> Sergey Rin's He will wife. literally have gay sex with a random man on Twitter. Yes. He's that desperate. And thank God someone finally stepped up the, to the plate. The other uh, Twitter user should have seen how far he would go. Elon Musk can shit in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's dedication. Like it We like, need we need to bring religion back. This <laughs> this kind of energy needs to be properly properly directed at the Lord. Yeah. Instead of these false idols, these golden calves. Like 30 years from now this guy in his mind is like we've colonized Mars, Earth is uninhabitable and and uh, he's on one of the rocket ships there to Mars to uh you know populate the new planet and he's like, you know, we're only on this trip because I gave one hell of a blowjob a couple years ago. Yeah. Quite a claim to fame. Yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. Uh, moving on now to some news about the heat wave and wildfires that have been happening across Europe recently. Last week, we talked about the UK having its hottest day on record and London's firefighters having their busiest day since World War II, when the city was literally bombed in a war. Well, here's something even more surreal from over in continental Europe. Wildfires are setting off old, unexploded bombs from World War I that have been hidden away in the wilderness for over a hundred years. Here's Armed Forces publication Task and Purpose. A massive wildfire is currently raging in the cross region in Slovenia's southwest. The fires are having the unexpected effect of setting off multiple unexploded ordinances, or UXOs, left in the ground from World War I. The fire has burned more than eight square miles and forced at least three villages on or near the Italian-Slovenian border to evacuate, including the border town of Opatje Selo. More than a thousand firefighters and elements of the Slovenian military have been fighting the blaze. Fires alone are presenting risks to firefighters, but the risk of sudden unexpected explosions add another level of danger. Local media reported that one explosion sent shrapnel right by a group of firefighters, but no one was injured in the blast. Slovenia has sent in bomb disposal teams to help clear the space for containing and battling the fires. Slovakia, Austria, and Croatia have also dispatched helicopter crews to assist in the efforts. Quote, the problem is that because of the unexploded ordnance, firefighting units cannot penetrate into the fire, but can only act on its edges, Slovenian Defense Minister Marjan Sarek told the Slovenian press agency. Um, wow, crazy. I mean, on top of climate change making wildfires from extreme heat more and more frequent, firefighters in Europe also have to worry about whether the fires they're trying to put out might set off bombs from over a century ago. Cool. Everything is fine. Uh, an unexploded ordinance is a huge problem across much of Europe, despite having a cool-sounding name. Yeah. UXO. UXO. And an uh, unfathomable amount of explosives were dropped in the two world wars, and even with decades of organi uh, organized efforts to find and remove the bombs, it's estimated that fully clearing all the munitions could take another hundred years. You know but what else is happening in the next hundred years? Uh, climate catastrophe. We're so. going to speed up Here we go. that process by setting the world on fire. Yeah. No bombs will be able to hide from the heat. A lot of people will get hurt, but we will know for sure that all the bombs have exploded when the entire continent of Europe has caught on fire and taken care of it for us. Also, uh, we thought so far this year that uh, California was having an okay, somewhat even normal fire season. And then, like last week, they were like, oh, the Yosemite fire, we have that under control. Okay, good. It's, it's uh, you know, things were getting risky there for a while, but I think we finally got this one. And then, like, Friday, it was like, all right, oops, the Yosemite fire's out of control. Uh, we can't contain it. And uh, it's risking even more of a beautiful national park. Is the General MacArthur or General Grant tree uh, safe? That might be in 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is that I, one in Sequoia? I, it might be in Sequoia, the, the General's Row or whatever they call it. Yeah. But uh, they do have gigantic trees there and they're like they have like misting areas around them spraying mist into the air they also wrapped a bunch of the big ones in like just giant fire retardant uh material it's a lot of material because these trees some of them are like 20 feet across you know something about these sequoias they're actually built to survive uh a typical forest fire because they're so thick yeah. The trunk is so thick. The bark is yeah, really it's outrageous. Thick. So there are sequoias that have survived actual uh, forest fires mm. still standing. I mean, they have to. They're like yeah. a thousand years old. Yeah. Because look, before we ruined the planet, lightning strikes happened. Um. So there you go. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Europe and war, relations between Russia and most of the rest of the world have been understandably pretty bad ever since Russia launched its invasion of Ukraine earlier this year. Uh, the U.S. and Russia have had pretty tense relations for over 100 years, though. So exactly how bad are things right now? Well, for perspective, probably the high point in U.S.-Russia relations was the, in the mid-90s, following the fall of the Soviet Union. And one of the most powerful symbols of this new, relatively friendly relationship was the International Space Station, which is run cooperatively by Russia's Roscosmos Agency and the U.S.'s NASA, along with Canada, Europe, and Japan's agencies. And after nearly 24 years of cooperation on the ISS, uh, Russia wants the hell off of that thing. Regs. Bye. So yeah, you could say that U.S.-Russia relations are the worst they've been in about that long, 24 years. Yeah, this is... About as bad as it gets. We don't even want to be near you in space. (laughs) Uh, Here's the Associated Press. Russia will pull out of the International Space Station after 2024 and focus on building its own orbiting outpost. With hookers and blackjack. (laughs) The country's new space chief said Tuesday amid high tensions between Moscow and the West over the fighting in Ukraine. The announcement, while not unexpected, throws into question the future of the 24-year-old space station, with experts saying it would be extremely difficult, perhaps a nightmare, by one reckoning, to keep it running without the Russians. NASA and its partners had hoped to continue operating until 2030. The decision to leave the station after 2024 has been made. Yuri Borisov, appointed this month to lead the Russian space agency Roscosmos, said during a meeting with President Vladimir Putin. He added, I think that by that time, we will start forming a Russian orbiting station. The space station has long been a symbol of post-Cold War international teamwork in the name of science, but is now one of the last areas of cooperation between the U.S. and the Kremlin. Yeah, and uh, this, this is bad. I mean, it's already... Uh, Russia, We I think we talked about this, but uh, just space in general, launching anything, like it all requires international cooperation. And um, Russia pulling out already was causing problems for uh, the ESA, who's, uh, they launch everything down in... They actually do their launches in South America Mm. in like one of the last remaining European colonies down there. But uh, without Russia cooperation, like they had to cancel a a new rover, the ExoMars mission. Like it's just, we can't do it anymore. But yeah, the ISS is even, that's huge. Luckily, we have one man, one billionaire who is hyper focused on bringing the world to space in a safe and reliable way with no distractions. None. Yeah. And the man is... He's a workaholic. Uh-huh. Uh, he has no time for other nonsense. And by burning the midnight oil, I mean fucking Sergey Brin's wife. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's unclear what Russia pulling out of the ISS would mean for the whole project, but they are responsible for literally half the space station. It's uh, a bad divorce. Yeah, uh, science historian Jordan Bim told the AP 
What will leaving look like? Will the last cosmonaut simply undock a Soyuz and return to Earth, leaving the Russian-built modules attached? Will they render them inoperable before leaving? Will NASA and its international partners have to negotiate to buy them out and continue using them? Can these modules even be maintained without Russian know-how? Running the station after the Russians bail out could be a nightmare depending on how hard Russia wanted to make it for NASA and its remaining partners. Uh, but yeah, there's also lots of speculation that this uh, announcement is just a way for Russia to negotiate better sanction terms by threatening to massively inconvenience NASA and its international partners. This it, all goes away if you just uh, give us McDonald's back. Yeah, we were... Our, our McDonald's it's sucks. It's a failure. It fucking sucks. You yeah. win. You yeah. win. Uh, it's also unclear just how quickly Russia's new independent space station might be up and running. But 2024 seems way too soon. Yeah. I mean, they did say after 2024, and in an update, Russian space officials clarified that they want to keep their cosmonauts on the ISS until their own outpost is built, and most estimates put that at 2028 at the earliest. But regardless of how this plays out, we're looking at a very awkward and expensive divorce for all parties involved. Uh, one small step backward for man, one giant leap backward for mankind. I mean, it does really, like, kind of, like, coincide with just the way the world is right now and how hard it is for everyone to get along. It's like two parents have a 24-year-old son who yeah. can't leave home because there's no opportunity out there to make it on their own, can't afford rent, can't afford a car to drive to work. And then, all of a sudden, the parents are like, we've had enough, we're getting a divorce. Well, what's the son going to do? Yeah, what about me? Yeah. Well, okay, I'll live with your mom until my house gets built. and the, But then I'm gone, for then sure. I'm gone. Yeah. Sleep on the couch until then. Mm -hmm. I'm going to draw a line with tape in the living room. This is my son. <laughs> Uh, we do have lots more news coming up uh, in the show. But first, let's talk about sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Factor. I don't know about you, but I think summer is for relaxing, not grocery shopping, cooking, and doing tons of dishes. With Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery, I can rest easy knowing I can eat well without the work. Plus, they have a ton of balanced and delicious add-ons like smoothies, shakes, and snacks that are perfect for staying on track during all my summer activities. Factor makes it easy to eat well for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and everything in between with fresh, never-frozen meals that are so delicious you won't believe they're actually nutritious. Feel good all summer with calorie-smart and keto options expertly portioned to keep you on track towards your goals and perfectly satisfied. Factor now offers 32 meals per week, including 11 keto options, plus lots of seasonal add-ons. No more eating the same boring dinner night after night. New Gourmet Plus meals make eating at home feel extra special. For an additional cost, these meals are prepared to perfection by Factor's chefs and ready to eat in record time. So you can savor the flavor, not stress the prep. Got a busy summer ahead? No worries, Factor is flexible. Change your order up every week with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week to keep you covered when things get crazy. Factor equals free time. Instead of spending those precious after-work hours hustling around the store and the kitchen, they'll deliver ready-made meals right to your door, eliminating all that meal planning, prep, and cleanup time. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared by their team of chefs and is ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. You can't beat that! Factor puts in the work, so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand -hand to create meals I can feel good about eating every day. Factor even knows my preferences. They offer vegan and veggie meals, keto meals, calorie-smart options, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me fueled and focused all day long. Head to go.factor75.com newsday120 and use code newsday120 to get $120 off. That is code newsday120 at go.factor75.com newsday120 for $120 off. Or click the link in the description. Easier. Uh, but let's get back into the news now with an update to a story that we covered about six weeks ago. 
Google engineer Blake Lemoyne, who is convinced that Google's Lambda AI chatbot is sentient. Lemoyne offered up some fairly convincing evidence showing conversations between himself and Lambda that felt natural and human and indicated that Lambda had a degree of self-awareness. But others in the AI field, and Google itself, argued that while Lambda had proven itself very good at its job of seeming sentient, that does not mean it's actually sentient. Yeah, so Google put Blake Lemoyne on paid leave for uh, violating their confidentiality policy and telling anyone and everyone that would listen that Lambda was sentient. And also for trying to hire Lambda a lawyer and asking a member of Congress to investigate Google over it. These are fireable offenses, mm -hmm, probably. Yeah. And now Google has officially terminated Blake Lemoyne's employment with them. Uh, here's the Wall Street Journal. On Friday, Mr. Lemoyne said, Google sent me an email terminating my employment with them today. He said he was in contact with lawyers about what the appropriate next steps are. Google, in a statement, said it had reviewed Mr. Lemoyne's concerns and found them without merit. It's regrettable that despite lengthy engagements on this topic, Blake still chose to persistently violate clear employment and data security policies that include the need to safeguard product information, the company said in a statement Friday confirming his dismissal. Uh, again, the consensus among AI experts is that we're still a long way off from anything that could be accurately described as sentient AI. But AIs like Lambda that seem sentient, they are here, or at least almost here. And that could be a problem. If Lambda can convince a Google employee that it has a soul, imagine how easy it will be to uh, convince your average lonely Facebook boomer. I mean, yeah, that's the actual ethical issue here. Not whether Google developed an artificial life that it's holding prisoner. But also, if Google ever did actually knowingly develop true AI consciousness, they'd probably have the exact same response to internal ethical concerns as they did here. So we might, in a couple of years, when this man writes a book, yeah. look back and be like, he was he was right. Yeah. Uh... And, and even if, like, even if he's not, the fact that there is technology that is capable of convincing people online that they're talking to a human person. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's not great. It's almost scarier than actual real AI is the fact that, uh, you know, this basic version can, you feed it enough, you know, human speech and whatnot, and it can successfully convince someone else that it's real and has a, you know, consciousness and a soul, even though it's really just, you know, it's like, are, are all of us just sort of running off of like the same script? It's I fucked guess. up to, to really think about, like, the implications of this. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, like, if this look is at that Elon bot. It wanted to suck his dick. <laughs> yeah, it it just fed it all of Elon's compliments. They didn't teach it to do that. Yeah. It <laughs> learned that on the internet. <laughs> it did. Yeah. It's like Tay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, they fed a AI only good news about Elon Musk. I was like, what's everyone talking about? I love this guy. Clearly, this man's great. I would suck his 15-inch penis. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on to a little bit of crypto news. Mm. Uh, these days, people lose their cryptocurrency in all manner of ways, from falling for the old wallet inspector trick to buying into decentralized finance scams that promise ridiculous returns and are built on lies, and then poof, all my money gone. Mm -hmm. uh, crypto got a lot more complex in the last few years, and that's made it a lot easier for you to lose your money in all these different ways. But before all this, a popular way to lose your crypto was to just keep the keys to your coins stored safely offline in a hard drive and then lose that hard drive. And then go digging in a landfill 10 years later. Yeah, so there have been countless stories over the years of people accidentally throwing away access to millions of dollars in Bitcoins. And one such person now has a very ambitious plan to get his money back. Uh, here's Insider. 
James Howells, the man who made headlines after he lost 8,000 bitcoins on a hard drive that he accidentally threw away, has a master plan to get his cryptocurrency back. Howells threw out the hard drive containing the bitcoins in 2013. It ended up in Howells' local landfill in Newport, Wales. In a new interview with Insider, Howell says he has put together an $11 million business plan to recover the hard drive, the value of which stands at roughly $176 million at the time of writing, although the value of Bitcoin can fluctuate. <laughs> Howell's told Insider his plan budgets for two robotic spot dogs from Boston <laughs> Dynamics. Okay. So yeah, using robot dogs to stiff out buried digital treasure. Some real cyberpunk shit. Uh, Gibson would be proud. Uh-huh. Uh, and in total, uh, the, he's planned to come up with $11 million, and he's got backing from venture capitalists who want a cut of the treasure. It's a, it's a pretty complex plan. Give him plan a show he's got on here. History Channel. Yeah, he, so he's built a team of experts, including one advisor who was part of the team that recovered black box data from the Columbia space shuttle disaster. People know what they're doing. So yeah, the spot robots, they're just one small aspect of the plan. I guess he's going to use them for security and I if guess... If they shoot people, train they them, the yeah, <laughs> They maul them yeah. uh, with a taser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also, I guess they can also recognize like sort of what the drive is if they happen to come across it. They, but, get, they get James Cameron on this. He went down to the Titanic and the Mariana Trench. He can get to the bottom of this landfill. Yeah. Also, like all those shows on the History Channel, like Curse of Oak Island or whatever... It's like they never find anything, but people love watching other people dig and look for things. Yeah, I, this, I think this has this has a lot of value to it beyond finding the drive. And the value is in uh, voyeurism. Yes. Watching someone desperate enough to dig through trash to yeah. find treasure. Someone who's just been haunted for the last 10 years with a careless mistake they made that cost them hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, they found the E.T. Atari games... At they that did. landfill in Arizona. Well, they knew where to look. Well, this guy knows where to look. It's at this landfill. How big could a landfill in Wales be? Uh, it's it's exceptionally <laughs> large. It's uh, it's well, covered. Like they would have to. It's already they put they built a park over most of it. So they, they, get they, rid of the park. They, to just, like, they did all this fucking landscape. <laughs> for some coming. Bitcoin. Yeah, and like, it, it's like the perfect like euphemism for uh, Bitcoin too. They're just. With like earth movers just blasting soot yeah. while they're trying to find Bitcoin, destroying a public park, just digging into it and blasting soot into the sky. Like there, it couldn't be a more perfect visual representation yeah. of exactly what's happening than that. Like kids playing, balls bouncing. Yeah. We're gonna find that damn hard drive. Robot dogs running around shooting people, mauling <laughs> them. Like this is this is the future. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the plan involves literally digging up and sorting through a hundred metric tons of garbage to find this little miniature hard drive. Yeah, well, there's needle, bitcoins on it. Don't you understand? It, yeah, it's a needle in a haystack. Yeah, and look, if it takes them a little while to find it, that's fine because the price could go up. It could. You wouldn't want to. What idiot would want to find a hard drive full of Bitcoin right now when it's at twenty thousand dollars? This is good for Bitcoin. Yeah, this is a. Actually, bringing 8,000 Bitcoins back onto the market is probably something that Bitcoin enthusiasts do not want. But I love the optics of this because they're horrible. Yeah, it's just, and that's why it's probably not going to (laughs) happen. But what I'm saying is you're digging through Welsh garbage for a decade worth of stuff. You're going to find some cool little things. Yeah. Some, uh, get Rick from Pawn Stars there to analyze. Maybe you'll find some cool vintage shit. Get the American pickers there. I mean, I don't know how long this landfill was operated, but I feel like the vast, overwhelming majority of what's in there is just trash. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the whole point. 
but that's what you're looking for, the good stuff. Yeah. It's like people get those heavy magnets, toss them into rivers. Ooh, Szechuan sauce. Yeah, nine times out of ten, they're pulling up bottle caps. But every once in a while... They find a gun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this one's recent. (laughs) Take this... Oh, the serial number's been scraped off, too. Hmm. Weird. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, so the problem in this case is the same as it's ever been. That hard drive is buried somewhere among a hundred thousand metric tons of garbage in a landfill controlled by the local government, and the Newport City Council has repeatedly denied Howell's request to dig there. It's a park! (laughs) They reiterated this to insiders, saying, There is nothing that Mr. Howell's could present to us that could make the council agree. His proposals pose significant ecological risk, which we cannot accept, and indeed are prevented from considering by terms of our permit. Uh, Howells hopes to convince them to change their mind, but he says his last-ditch effort will be taking legal action against them. Someone should tell this guy that his uh, hard drive's probably out in that uh, giant garbage patch in the Pacific, so he cleans yeah. up the entire thing in search of it. Yeah. Yeah! We gotta just start telling these guys, oh, I saw your I saw your hard drive, it was over there. In this polluted river. Yeah, but... Better clean it up. Yeah, so, uh, but then, you know, even if he somehow manages to get the proper authorization to dig, and it includes him, like, basically trying to bribe the city, being like, look, I'll let you keep half of it. I will suck all of it. And even then, they're like, no. Uh, But even if he gets the authorization, there's also the fact that even if the drive is found, if they manage to find it, this is a magnetic hard disk from 10 years ago. And therefore, it's much more delicate than the solid state drives that you youngins have grown up with that have become much more widely available since then. Uh, if the platter disk containing the actual data in this thing is cracked in any way, the odds of getting any usable data off of it are extremely slim. And even if the data is still there, Howells is only going to get to keep roughly 30% of it. The rest is going to go towards the cost of the recovery, plus some donations to the local community to get them to change their mind about letting him dig in the first place. Yeah. Um, I mean, 30% still comes out to around $54 million at Bitcoin's current value. So it is understandable why Howells is so dead set on making this happen. Plus, it's fun to think of. It's like him buying a lottery ticket. It's given his life purpose again. He's been just, you know, without a purpose for the last 10 years, ever since losing his Bitcoins. He's felt like a a failure. And this is fine. This is one chance to reclaim his dignity in this world. Um, Yeah, he's got to do it. I get it. It's just, um, I don't think they're going to let him do it. Because, again, it's uh, just ecologically I hope uh, that digging they, up a fucking landfill. I hope that they don't let him do it. But if they do, I cannot wait for the visual. I can't wait for it. Just a bunch yeah. of giant earth movers just just destroying the environment. Uh, and it's also like this. It's a full landfill. Like it's it, this section of landfill that it's in. It's done, which means that yeah, it's, it's, it's been the grass is over it. Yeah. But it also means this thing's been like compressed and compacted. Uh, to the maximum amount so that it doesn't fucking collapse later on, which means the amount of trash in this landfill, if they actually were to extract it all, will take up like so much more space than landfill itself if they're going and like sorting through it. Where are they putting it in the meantime? It's fucking insane. Like, I don't know how it would possibly work. Well, yeah, you seem to be of the same mindset as we'll the city council. Burn. We'll just burn it. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 rational right yeah. now. You're saying like, well, no, this is a logistical and environmental nightmare. But you're not thinking like a cryptocurrency evangelist, Elliot, and that's the yeah. problem. Yeah, because w- to a crypto head, all the world's problems are incredibly simple. That's true. And yeah. solved by oh cryptocurrency. Oh my fucking god! Did you see that thread this week? Uh, some some crypto lady. It was like, here's like 
50 ways that Web3 will like fix everything. And it's just all like just bad idea after bad idea. Yes. Like, like number one was like, uh, and I, again, all of these ideas, this is a recurring thing. All these ideas are possible without uh, getting the blockchain. Of course. Um, but yeah, it was like uh, Amazon will use a special token and you can rent out your backyard and garage as Amazon warehouse space. <laughs> That's a terrible fucking idea in so horrible. many ways. Yeah. They're all just like... Well, was that the one that had the thing about like, it's okay because the diamonds were backed up by NFTs? No, I don't even know like, what that is. The, the diamonds are stolen, but it's okay because you have an NFT that is also as worth as much as the diamonds. So it's like nothing even happened. Uh, and then I think it was Juniper tweeted like, yeah, my family was killed in a house fire, but don't worry, I took pictures of them and converted them to NFTs. So everything's actually the same as same as it was. Yeah. Um, there's also that uh, the Dune, uh, the, the Spice Dow, mm. who bought the the Dune art book, and then remember they uh, they thought that they could like they had bought the intellectual property, even though all they had bought was a book. I guess they're back, uh, and the plan now is to convert into a standard LLC and just sell the book for a profit. Okay. So do, uh, do they even have the rights to that? Well, they they own the book, yeah. So they would just sell the the book that they bought. They would now sell it, mm -hmm. uh, and like they're gonna try to time it with the release of Dune Part Two, so they sure. make more profit. So that's that. The uh, <laughs> the ambition of that project has has uh, basically fallen to uh, we're gonna flip this and try to make a little bit of money on the side, and also fuck this blockchain shit. <laughs> it's just getting in the way. Great. Yeah. Anyway. That's our show this week. Um, if you want some more uh, tech news about how everything sucks, uh, our last episode we talked about how a, a, a chess-playing robot, not a chess-playing computer, a chess-playing robot with a mechanical arm with way more strength needed to simply lift and place chess pieces, uh, uh, mauled a child. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That you heard that right. A chess-playing robot mauled a child. And also, in the most recent Weekly Weird News, the feral hog problem continues to grow. Yeah, there's no safe place, not even the ocean. They'll exactly. get you there too. Please check out those videos by clicking right over here. Subscribe to the channel if you're not already uh, subscribed to it. Leave a comment. We'll see you soon. Bye.